Welcome to the Voyager Podcast, hosted by Chris Fick and Brad Alexander. We're a weekly show about authentic faith in unlikely places. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We hope you're encouraged. Hello and welcome back to the Voyager podcast. My name is Chris Fick and I'm here with Brad Alexander. Hello. And this is our season finale episode. Yes, Brad. it is. Yeah. Yeah, we've uh this is episode 10. Episode 10. Yeah, we're not going to wait a full year, but we are closing out Voyager season 1 and season 2 is is really exciting. We have some guests stacked up already that we're really excited about and um and come back with a really strong season two, and that's going to be fun. But we wanted to take a moment to reflect on on what season one has meant and kind of taught us and, and caused us to reflect on having all these conversations and, and our hopes, you know, moving months out when we start season two and kick that off too. Yeah, and, and the tag or the theme of the show basically is authentic faith in unlikely places. And I think uh, even starting off, with this it's gone many different directions than we i guess even expected yeah <laughs> in a in like a much cooler way in an organic kind of way but this has definitely remained true i think we kind of thought like when we start if if like four people would listen to it that would be like enough you know we're like zero expectations like do people want to hear us talk who knows let's find out well we even said if if it was just for us I, I mean, we were just, I was just saying, talking to you, like, this has been good for my soul, even just yeah. having these conversations and talking with our friends that have come on and um, and my wife. And I, I just think it's been such a cool thing. I, I've been encouraged in, through it all. I think one of the, the cool things for me is that when we started this show, the idea was not to make a like a quote unquote Christian show that only other Christians would want to listen to and uh, and maybe people in our church congregation and that would be it. The goal was always to make a show that um, was just two guys who, who love God talking about the messiness of life, but loving God through it and, and telling our friends stories, telling our stories, just radical stories and and what God's done in our life, and just wanting to have those conversations with friends, because we have those conversations anyway. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, we record this at the church, and and it's not uncommon for us to have these conversations around the halls or out back when uh, when the youth are playing basketball or whatever, and we're playing punk music out there and just like telling old stories and talking about old friends. And yeah, we just wanted to kind of like do something that, A would put that in a more recorded form um, and give friends a reason to come talk to us, but B, just to encourage people that you don't have to pick one road or the other. Like loving skateboarding or the punk scene or the hardcore scene doesn't mean that you can't be authentic about your faith and vice versa. It's cool to see that a lot of our friends have listened that maybe we wouldn't have expected and, and you know, to see subscriber counts going up and, and seeing the downloads going up has been really cool. And we're just thankful to everyone who's supported the show, you know? I think the cool thing is all the people that have come on have been uh, really honest and not tried to, like, save face with 
Yes. And I, and I think we tried to do that too. And I, I remember saying for my episode, I was like, dude, I just don't, I don't want to paint a different picture than what actually happened. Be- yeah. Because uh, there's power in the testimony, in our testimony of like what God's done in our lives, but it's got to be what he's actually done in your life. Like it, right. it can't be like a wishful thinking of the way I wish it happened or what I had hoped would happen, but it's like what it's actually happened and who you actually were, what you actually struggled with. And so to hear stories, it's kind of like we pull back the curtain a little bit and we're able to see inside of people's lives and hear real stuff. I remember um, Greg Laurie making a joke about this and it always stuck out with me. And he was talking about when people tell their testimonies, they'll talk about it like, man, back in the day, there was like girls and drugs. And I was like driving nice cars and, and now I serve the Lord. And it's like, you're almost glamorizing this crazy life you led like a badge of honor. And now you're like, oh, and, and now I'm just like a Christian doing the walk. And it's like, but all of that stuff was junk and it was bondage and it was tying you down. And we have a way where we look at it as being way better than it was. Because even if you were doing all that stuff, chances are like you were still depressed and had, you know, anxiety and, and were unfulfilled and we're trying to fill the void in your life. And it's like, we talk about the Christian walk, like being like, and now I live this boring life. And I'm like, most of the people I know that are really authentically walking their faith out, their life is not boring <laughs> like, yeah, like by Brad, any means. Brad, is your life more boring since following Jesus than before? No, I would say if anything, my life is a lot more radical, but like in a good way. <laughs> but per- there's purpose. You're not yeah. spinning your wheels. Like trying to chase something like pleasure, which there's like no, there's, it doesn't work, right? Yeah. We hear time and time again from like famous actors and people, it's like no amount of money ever makes you feel like that was enough money. Right. No amount of fame or validation or awards ever makes you feel like, man, okay, I finally made it and and now I'm complete. It's like there's always that longing to chase it, you know, and it can go the other way where people tell their testimony and they're like, "Uh, I don't really have a story. I had it pretty together. And it's like, well, did you? And I'm not saying that some people don't have a lighter story and some people have a heavier story, right? I've been working on this documentary for, God, probably about a year now and full-time for like the last 10 months. And it deals with addiction, and I'm trying to highlight what God's doing in the trenches. So I'm trying to do a positive spin, but I've been interviewing people that lost kids to overdoses, former addicts with these crazy stories, and I felt kind of compassion fatigued here and there, where it's like, the world is so dark, and I feel so weighed down. And I feel like what Voyager's meant for me as being a co-host is it's been so encouraging to hear like, God has worked through all these messes. God is always in the details. I really believe that. And we trust that God's in, at work in everyone's life. God doesn't play favorites, you know? Through the course of these interviews, not only have I been more encouraged and I've had a chance to reflect on my own story and kind of process, because you get used to telling it and you don't tell it for a while and then you tell it on a podcast and you kind of start reflecting on it in new ways again. Just why we had to record our own episodes multiple times because <laughs> we were kind of like, whoa, I missed something. And then you kind of go back, right? That yeah. was a secret, Chris. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. a secret that you don't tell people. I'm sorry. No, we I'm can just cut that out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Edit that again. We'll have another recording of this podcast. Yeah, we'll just redo this one. Um, there's a verse in the Bible, which I'm talking to a scholar here. So you obviously know. Oh my God, not a scholar. (laughs) But Paul, um, 
who's like a hero of the faith, is basically saying he had this affliction and he kept crying out to God for relief from whatever was going. And we don't, people have speculated on what was going on. We don't really know. We just know that he was crying out for relief. And he said three times God told him, my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness. I kind of knew what that meant over the years, but I didn't really reflect on it and weigh on it. And through doing this podcast, I was really thinking about that. And I'm like, God speaks the loudest when we don't try and act like we're the strong ones. His power gets the full display and the full credit when we stop trying to take credit for all the things orchestrated in our life that we had no control over. Sometimes when we look back on our life and and we try and water down how bad we were or we try and amplify what we were, I think instead of that speaking to people and people finding commonality in it, they look at it as like, well, that would only work out for me if my life looked like your life. Or I'm not as bad as you were, so I'm probably doing okay. And it's like, I think both of those can be dangerous conclusions, you know? Not only is that like a story that's worth telling, but a person like that who's real about who they, where they're really at before God, with God, and then with one another, that sets forth a uh, community that is really fun to be around. Um, not just fun, yeah. vitally important. And that's one of the things that was kind of reoccurring in a lot of the stories was was people. And, and that's because, you know, what's one of the gnarliest forms of punishment we have, like in prisons and stuff, is the shoe, right? Solitary confinement, like, mm, yeah. like where people get sent into... Uh, 23 hours of solitary, like by themselves, you start going crazy. Uh, We were meant to be in community. And I'll just be real about this. People think they're the only ones that struggle with stuff. They generally think everyone else has it together. Right. But they don't. And so it's like, I don't fit in there. As a pastor and as a human, I know not just the people, but me, <laughs> I feel like in the same boat, but I know now from counseling and talking to so many people, this is everyone. They're, this is yeah. everybody. And so like the lie that I don't belong here, and as soon as that is like almost spoken out against and then lived out in community where people are actually acting like that and, and living like that and are honest like that with one another and that's that which leads to grace and compassion and wrapping arms around people instead of pushing them away it, it's like water for a thirsty soul think about brandon's story right right it was just a little bit of love and some food right that got him in the door <laughs> yeah. but then he looked around and he saw generations that were like cool he went to the stake and study or whatever right and he was like whoa these guys are all hanging out where else do you find this and he didn't get shunned. People loved on him. They were happy they were there. And then you find out those older guys, they got stories too. I love that stuff too. It gets me fired up. I love when I find out that some skate rat or someone in a band or like someone who's like generally super cool is also down for God and very comfortable about sharing their faith and not being embarrassed to say, I love Jesus. I'm like, dude. That gets me fired up because, you know, it isn't every day that you find other Christians in in the skate scene or punk scene. There's a lot, a lot of people out there. 
but it's always encouraging to me because it's like, oh, that's rad, you know? It's fun to have things in common with people. Yeah, that too. <laughs> right? It's like, that's why we make a lot of friends. It's good to have friends that don't have things in common with you because yeah. they, well, but, but man, we love hanging out with people that get us. Yeah. And, and for like skaters or those in the hardcore scene or whatever, there is something about, I mean, it just happened out here. I haven't even told you this story. I was out behind the church here and I was wearing a judge sweatshirt and a guy came up to me and he's like, dude, you, you like hardcore? And I'm like, he works across this, the way. <laughs> he says, my dad grew up taking me to like Gorilla Biscuit shows. Oh, and no kidding, stuff. dude. And he's like, so we just started talking about hardcore. He says, my dad was a straight edge and he would take me to these shows and all this. Wow. And, and I was like, instantly, we don't have anything else in common in some way, I, I guess. But like instantly, we just start talking about bands and shows we've gone to. And I was like, dude, I was part of this scene. And oh, yeah, did you see that? And it was like, so there's something cool about that. Um, but then when you meet believers, followers of Jesus uh, that have that same background, you're like, well, this is a trip, man. This is pretty pretty wild. And, yeah. so, and especially because I think the, d- the DNA or the makeup of the person when we're at our best, we're really being honest with the world that we're living in. That's the idea we talked about. God meets people in those places, ask, seek, knock. Yeah. And then it, it creates a really cool, authentic faith where you're like, man, I'm kind of like a live wire, but you're going to know what I think. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Like I, I have a neighbor. He's like a really rad dude. He's like 21 or 22. Um, and we've gone rock climbing together and we just like kind of like vibe out. But like, I don't think he knew I was a Christian, not that it's been hidden, but we were talking about something the other day and, and a political subject came up and he said like, you know, I think a lot of Christians such and such. And I was just like, I'm like <laughs> a devout Christian, like love Jesus. And I'm like, I, I don't think how, how you're, you're saying Christians think. But, like, we can talk about it if you want, you know? And not even to get political, but just to meet him at it. And I was like, I honestly like surrounding myself with people that aren't an echo chamber because I know who I am and I'm okay to have conversations because I think that's a normal part of the human experience is not to just surround with everyone who thinks the way you think. But, yes, do I go to church because I want to be surrounded by by other believers? Like, yeah, I do. I, I, I want to be in fellowship. I want to relate to people. But I also love like running into someone from the past or talking about, you know, skating or hardcore, like hanging out with the kids at the skate shop or or talking music with someone. And like sometimes it organically comes up that I'm a Christian and it takes people by surprise. It's like, well, you're kind of this like skatey guy that has a bunch of tattoos. And I guess I wanted to peg that. And I think what's cool about that, because you're like that, too is that we don't fit a mold. There is no real mold. That's the deception. But when I became a Christian, when I could no longer deny that I thought God was real, because I was not looking to drink the juice. I was not looking for God. Like, I, I promise, listener out there, when I gave my life to God, I was in no way, shape, or form looking for God. There had been other times in my life that I was kind of on the spiritual journey, but not when he found me. I was still, I'd cleaned up my life enough to be like, oh, I'm not full-blown partying, but I was still like abusing some drugs. I like by my standards, I was doing pretty well because I wasn't as bad as I'd been. But when I look back, it was such a dark time. I'm so thankful that God found me. And 
right after I was like, but I've encountered Christians. I know what they've said about me. I know how they've made me feel like no one at church is going to want me there. And I found that that was like a complete lie. I found some of the coolest, most radical people in church, some of my best friends I've met in church. And like, there is no real mold. And if someone judges you, that's not an account against God or the church. That's more just that person is probably struggling with some, like none of us are perfect. We're all messy. Have I judged someone? I'm sure. We all have fallen short at some time. But I think it gets very easy to hold on to that stuff and be like, well, that one time that Christian said, I'm going to go to hell because I have tattoos. Who may or may not be a Christian. Right. <laughs> or, or how about like, I've heard this a lot. You're going to go to hell because you live with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. You're going to go to hell for that. And they're like, I could never go to church because that person said that to me. I understand what it's like to feel that way. And I, I, it kept me out of church for years, right? I think the love of God is so much bigger than that. And one thing I've tried to communicate to friends recently who are on the journey is if you look around, we're surrounded by death and decay. As Christians, we would say since the fall in the garden, everything has been in the process of decline. So when someone tells you you're going to hell because of this or because of that, it's like, well, what does the Bible say? Well, Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn I came to bring life. Why is that? Because the world is already in condemnation. The world stands in judgment. Everything around us is dying because of that judgment. So it's not that you're condemned because you did this one thing in your life. It's like we're in a broken world that is dying all around us. And Jesus is like, I, I want to give you life, but you have to make the decision. I, I can't force you. I won't puppeteer you. I'll work in your life. I'll do radical things that maybe... Maybe you're going to look back on and understand what was going on, but I will not manipulate you. I will not force you to love me. But if you make the decision, I will bring life into your situation like you've never seen before. And that, I think, is the essence of like what this show was meant to be about is like, look, like everyone has been on here. Tori like had a pretty, <laughs> a pretty straight line, which is awesome. I hope my kids have that. But no matter what, Without God, we're all messy. And I think the point of the show is is just, you know, the battle cry of like, if you're out there and you don't know who God is, like, just please give him a chance mm -hmm. and see what he can do. And like, if we haven't made it clear, none of us would follow God if we didn't have like a real experience with him. If I didn't truly believe that I'm in relationship with God and that God speaks to me and I speak back and that his word speaks to me and through prayer and through other people he's spoken to me, like I would have bounced out a long time ago. Mm -hmm. If this was just another Buddhism or another whatever, I would have bounced out a long time ago because that's my nature. I might've been like, oh, what's this about? And then I'd be like, mm, I don't like all the rules. I'm out of here. you know. And it's like, that's how a lot of people still look at it. Is it just a rule book that you adhere to? And you're like, hey, if I want to be a good person, I got to live up to these rules. And I think this podcast was us trying to say to the world, to whoever would listen. And through all these stories, it's just like, God is so much bigger than all that. And just give him a chance. That's really good, Brad. Um, God's grace is, um, it's written throughout all the history of mankind. Um, he's been so abundantly gracious towards us and his greatest his greatest act of grace was sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And that was 
prophesied about or was spoken about in Genesis. Like, yeah. I'm going to make a way to make things right again. Um, and even the idea of rules. Yeah, we don't come... This is such a off perception. Like, you, I got to get my life together before I can go to church, or I can, before I can come to Christ. And right. You can't get your life together before... Because part of the... We talked about this in an, another episode, but like justification, sanctification. So you, God justifies you, makes you right before him when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. Sanctification is the process of being set apart and um, where you start seeing these things that God says, not as rules, but as like um, areas, tactical ways of finding blessing in your life in a sense. Like, man, if I follow this or if I go after this and I... I trust God in this way. He'll bless me with obedience in a sense, and then glorification when we go to heaven. But there's another part, and that would be like, we're done with death. It's over, right? The other part is transformation. This is what was asked for. Like, man, there was a desperation in the Old Testament of like, what do we do with hard hearts? And and the promise was that there will be a day where men's hearts can be turned from stone to flesh. Uh, I was hoping you were going to talk about this. And it and it brings forth, like, there was this longing for it. It's like, don't worry, there will be a day where men's hearts will go from stone to flesh. And that's transformation. Once your heart changes, your whole life changes. Yes. And so it's a really, it's a really simple process on the beginning and on our part, is we just say yes to Jesus. And we say, you know. And so, and and this is the other thing. If you're hearing this, and if you're a believer, hopefully this is encouraging to you. Say you're not, and you're like interested, and you're like even you're cross armed interested. Like I don't know, I get it, <laughs> I get it. Been there, I've been there. I I totally get it. Give him a chance, like Brad said, and you will be blown away by like what he can do with your heart. Because you go, man, no, I'm wicked, and you go, right. That's the first step is recognizing you're not who you're supposed to be or where, you you know, but then you recognize that and you, you allow God to transform your heart from the inside out to go from stone to flesh. And then the rest of your life will follow your heart. You brought that up in the pulpit recently on a Sunday. I was hoping you were going to bring that up because it's like, if it were just about rules, it's like we see in the old Testament throughout Jewish history, how that worked out trying to follow the rules and how, how much they turned away from God. Right. It gets real hard to honor and follow the rules all the time. But what God said is like, yeah, yeah I'm going to give you a new heart. You're going to see things differently. And when I think about my story and how the lens I look at life has changed, like that's what happened. I used to think that life, quite frankly, sucked. And that sedating yourself and taking pills and doing whatever I wanted to do was me like just making the best of a bad situation. And I used to listen to a lot of music that kind of glorified that, right? Making the best of a bad situation. It's like, this is the best it gets, so just do what you got to do to get by. And for me, it was like, well, I'm going to take something to make me feel good. Because otherwise, I won't feel good because life is misery. And God has shifted that perspective completely to like, life is beautiful. Hard things happen, messes happen. But like, in the struggle, beautiful things emerge. And when you hand it over to God and you give him the free rain to water the seeds and let the plants grow from the cracked ground. It's like amazing things can happen. Is life always peachy? No. 
do I like I've never had a fight with my wife? Like, of course not, dude. We we're a married couple. We have disagreements. Is parenting hard? Yes. Am I always the best representation of a Christian? No. Do I occasionally stumble or say something I wish I didn't? <laughs> like <laughs> I have a a bunch of Christian tattoos and sometimes I'm like, man, who am I to get to represent God? Like I, I've only realized more and more in my like 15 years walking with God what a mess I am and how broken I am. But again, going back to what I said earlier, if he could work in a broken, wounded little boy like me in a man's body <laughs> and do anything through my life that would appeal to anyone, it's like, well, he gets the credit for that mm-hmm. because I'm a mess, I promise you. I should have been dead a long time ago. Everything that's happened since has been by the grace of God and I really like my life. And I love my wife and I love my kids and I love the journey I've been on and I, it's all credit to God. So it's not like I'm constantly living in sin, just being like a reckless animal, but I'm saying like, I have bad days too. You do not have to clean yourself up and put on a mask and pretend to be a perfect person to be a Christian. You can still just be a person, but one that loves God and is trying to walk this thing out with God and watch what he'll do. And that is actually the most effective way to do it. Living in grace makes us more like God, more holy, like because we're actually honest about where where we're really at. And so we're not covering up our lives. That's the idea of a mask is you have like, you have all these, you have to keep up all the lies and it's exhausting. And maybe that's like, maybe that's someone listening right now. You're just exhausted of like trying to hold everything together and all the lies and all the images and all the facade. It's just like sucks. You can let it go and, and, and be known by God, know and be known by God. But there's, I will say this cautionary tale, I guess, so to speak. I've noticed God will say something to me and I'm, I'm able to silence that voice if I don't want to do the thing he's asked me to do. Um, the problem with that is the more times you do it, the more callous in a sense you become. So I would say this, I always tell this to people, if you can hear God speaking to you, respond in some way. Yeah. Like it, 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 because you just don't know, you just don't know how much you, he's going to keep reaching out, but we, he allows us to harden our hearts in a sense. Yeah. I don't remember the, the first prayer I prayed. But I think it was just something around the lines of like, God, I, th- I think you're real. And if you are, like, I want to know you. I don't want to run away anymore. And it's like, will you just make make yourself real to me? And I knew enough about repentance to say, like, will you forgive me for, like, the things I've done in my life? Like I said before, like, I felt loved. I don't really know how else to describe it. Probably wasn't the first prayer I said in my life. It just It's the one that really got me and started my journey. But, you know, the whole sinner's prayer thing, sometimes we make it very ritualistic and I don't, I don't think it always has to be like that, but I just encourage people like press in. If God is real and it's this big of a deal, like I encourage you, like it's worth giving some thought to. And, and as Chris has said before, we believe if you look for him, he'll make himself known and start that for you. And, um, yeah, season two is going to be exciting. I'm stoked for it. Chris is finishing his master's, which we're very proud of him for. And I'm finishing up a, a film. Which we're also proud of <laughs> you for. So this has been a really fruitful 
thing. And we hope that you guys are going to join us when season two launches and, and we're, we're coming, we're going to start that one with some fire and, and bring on some, some radical guests and, and keep the party going. Mm-hmm. We're so grateful to have you guys join us throughout this season. Um, this was so much fun, uh, being able to have, well, it's like 10 episodes now, which is so awesome. And, yeah. um, We've got already got quite a few of our interviews lined up, as we mentioned before. Um, we're gonna be talking more music stuff. We're gonna be talking about uh, some even some like gang stuff. Yeah, uh, and we'll have conversations like this too, where we're able to that's true chat through things. And uh, if, I guess even on that end, if you have something that you're like really wondering about. Maybe you can send it to us and we can pick up on a couple of those. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be cool. If there's stuff that you're like, man, I always wondered this about Christianity because, hey, man, we're like Brad always says, we're open books. We'd love to discuss it. Nothing's like off limits as far as what we want to discuss. Absolutely. So thanks for tuning in, Voyager Season 1, and we'll see you in Season 2. Thanks for tuning in to the Voyager Podcast. If you'd like to reach out, you can reach us through Instagram at the Voyager Podcast or through contact at calvarycarlsbad.com. We hope this has been encouraging for you. Until next time.